0: Up world, surpass first point guard and Blazers beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me Thursday at 6 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. In today's show, I want to talk about some. Coaching rumors, potential new head coach for the Blazers should Terry Stotts be fired this offseason. I want to talk about the Blazers road trip recap, looking back at the six-gamer that ended Wednesday evening in Cleveland. And then I want to close the show. Talking about fans. That's right. You, dear listener, will have a slim chance of being back in the building as the, as the Blazers announced on Wednesday that they are officially welcoming fans back for the remainder of the season, beginning Friday against the Los Angeles Lakers. That's what we'll do to close the show. It's going to be that's going to be a fun one. I'm happy that people are going to be back in the building. But first, Let's talk about some stuff that maybe could be classified as a bummer, kind of depending on who you are. I think when anyone loses their job, it's a bummer. on The Athletic today, Sam Amick and Shamstrania wrote a story, uh, a dual headline on that one, about uh, coaches that are on the hot seat and Trailblazers Terry Stotts, obviously on the list. I say obviously because we've been talking about Terry Stotts' job security for, seems like, all season long. Um, there is a, a vocal section of the Blazers fan base who has been calling for Stotz's job. Uh, if you are a longtime listener, you know that I believe pretty strongly that it's this is this is it for him this is his last hurrah just uh, reading the tea leaves I don't have that like deeply reported anywhere but I've been around the team long enough can read the vibes that this feels like the end um and it's been now reported several places by it's been reported by Jason quick it's been reported by Chris Haynes it's again reported here and in, in by Jason quick's colleagues in the athletic for whoever reason didn't cite his reporting who knows um but uh that basically that stats is is unlikely to return unless the Blazers really take off in the playoffs. And I would assume that might even mean winning two playoff series. Um, That's that's just a guess on what sort of what that means. I don't think, I'm not sure one playoff series win sort of gets it would still be filed under can the Blazers take the next step with Terry if they win one playoff series that is certainly not the next step if they make the Western Conference Finals and are competitive uh, maybe that changes things up but that's that's to debate for another time that's the debate I guess after they win that first playoff series then we'll talk about um, sort of job saving type victories and stuff like that but I think the the sort of the big news here is that uh, the athletic Amick and Trania have have given us some names to watch they've given us some like legit legitimate you know here's who the Blazers might be after type names and I think I think they're worth um just just going through because uh, names to know is nice like to have to sort of a lot of people have given out ideas and like let me say now it's not going to be Eric Spolstra please please end that nonsense but um the names in in the athletic article are Lakers assistant Jason Kidd, Hawks interim coach Nate McMillan, 76ers assistant Dave Yeager, Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups, and Spurs vice president of basketball operations Brent Berry, former Oregon State Beeve Brent Berry. Um... So I would say all of this list, all of them seem like legitimate candidates. the The Nate McMillan thing seems like nonsense. Um, seems like he would def the the Blazers wouldn't be interested in him in a reunion, and that he wouldn't come back here, and that he's kind of the same thing as Terry Stotts, like a really good coach um, for getting team from like to be, from decent to consistently good but from consistently good to great seems like that's not what Nate does and it's not what Terry does like those they're really similar good coaches long you know long term coaches in the league coaches with you know track records of winning but it, like the specific thing you want to get rid of Terry for might be the sort of the specific thing that Nate also struggles with and and also just like the reunion thing the Name McMillan name seems like just total bs to me the rest of the names seem legit and I've speculated in this space when many of you have asked like what could the Blazers what would the Blazers want um I would think they would want someone with some like some gravitas and by that I mean like someone who comes with um either uh like a strong head coaching resume such as such as Nate McMillan. And I guess to some extent Dave Yeager, who's been a head coach in Memphis and in Sacramento and had some success with the Memphis Grizzlies or a guys like Jason Kidd, um, who's also been a head coach to some uh, varying degrees of success in the league. or oh, and Chauncey Billups who have like, you know, that gravitas. Like I played in the league. I was an all-star in the league, a champion in the league. Like, you know, Jason gets a hall of famer. Chauncey Billups probably should be, or will be a hall of famer at some point. Like, um, these, it's like, that might, that might be too hot of a take just to, to sneak in there that, that I think Chauncey Billups is a Hall of Famer. So let's table that one. Don't, don't, don't at me, please. But like, you know, stars in the league who are winners in the league have this sort of gravitas, right? Um, I think those those names for those reasons like sort of fit what I would assume the Blazers are after they're not after like like the name that keeps floating out there is David Vanderpool uh, former Blazers assistant coach really good friends with Damian Lillard you know really close with Dame and CJ it's like they if they want someone that Dame will listen to not someone that is like Dame's guy and will kind of let him continue to to sort of do some of the things they want someone who is going to like significantly change the direction of this team or like really alter what this is uh, you you know if you make this coaching hire you you do it to someone to like really put their stamp on it and i think you know jaeger who's kind of known for being uh for lack of a better term a hard ass um, and kind of maybe a difficult co-worker like he would put a stamp on it because he would demand you play a certain way you know kid would kid would come in with with uh, new ideas Chauncey Bulls would come with the new ideas Brent Berry I have no idea like <laughs> um, you know he's never coached in the league obviously he's worked for the Spurs super smart dude I've, I've chatted with Brent Berry a bunch he used to be on TV and I loved him on television and um, it just in my time around the league I've spent a bunch of time around him um, as he's a you know like I said a beef but also just like a, a guy that has crossed my path in my time around the NBA and he's he's cool as hell and he's smart as he's really, really sharp in terms of basketball. But like, I don't know how that translates to coaching. There's more to it than just being a basketball genius. Um, so I don't like, I, I couldn't tell you whether Chauncey Billups, who's an assistant coach and hasn't really um, had that opportunity or, or Brent Barry would be. I kind of assume that they they certainly could be and they seem to fit the bill. Um, I don't know if Barry fits the bill, but he's close. Billups and Jason Kidd absolutely do. So, you know, I don't, Like I said, it's hard for me from my vantage point to know who would make a good coach. I know that Jaeger has been a good and a bad coach. He's been a guy who's had success and then a guy who's kind of rubbed players and management the wrong way and gotten shown the door for maybe being a difficult coworker. You know, Jason Kidd uh, was uh, a creative coach when he was uh, with a with with the Bucks, his, his second coaching stint, but he was also like his defenses were way too aggressive and they got, um, they gave up way too many layups because he was obsessed with trapping and stuff like that. Like, and it, you, you would assume he may have learned a whole bunch about the league from like continuing to be an assistant from there I'm just saying like you can you can see there are some track record stuff but then there's also just like change of scenery new personnel new you know further down the timeline Terry Stotts was a retread and not a particularly effective coach and now he's one of the best coaches in the history of the Blazers franchise I don't think you can spin it any other way like he's been he's been very very successful in Portland um, just look just look at the wins y'all so I, I don't want to make like major value judgments and all these guys. I think they sort of fit what I assume the Blazers would be after is either guys who are um, kind of uh, dominant personalities that will really put their stamp and push the Blazers in a certain direction or guys with the sort of gravitas of Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups who the guys Blazers will just they'll just listen to. They'll grab a bench with sort of with that with a resume that demands your attention. So I think I don't. I don't know. Like to, to what to take away. Like the is the, is the big is is this the final list? Hell no. Is this a reasonable list? Yeah, I think it is. Um, if you exclude Nate McMillan's name, I think it's a pretty re- reasonable list of who the Blazers might consider. So um, when you're you know when you're thinking up names, and many of you have sent me names in the past, uh, I think we should just like use these parameters. This is like people with a sort of like. I'm gonna call Chauncey, Hall, Chauncey Billups. a Hall of Famer again, but it's too late. Uh, like a Hall of Fame type resume is what I'll go with. Or guys with you know track records in the league of success who could who could command a room and command a huddle and command control of a team and a direction of a team. Like that's that's what the Blazers are going for with this hire. They're not going to give. It would be it would be surprising to me if they were to do if if the first time coach isn't someone like Chauncey Billups because like while Ime Yudoka has a ton of experience, he has. Hasn't been a head coach in the league. And I don't think the Blazers want someone kind of like getting their... Um, you know getting their first shot at this they want someone who either like if they are getting their first shot at it is because they're like hall of fame level all-star long-time all-star like their credentials in the league speak for themselves beyond their coaching credentials like I, um, I just don't think the sort of young hot names kind of uh, are the one and I don't think David Vanderpool kind of fits the new direction capital N capital D that the team would want to go to with a new hire all right. In the second segment, let's talk about the Blazers' uh, little road trip recap—a six-game road trip that ended with a victory on Wednesday nights in Cleveland. This is uh, this is about as good as it could have been. So let's let's sort of revisit where they are after a very successful road trip. But first, let's talk about headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep and focus and just be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditation in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So, whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents... Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Plus, Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you, on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is the me- is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash locked on That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. All right. So we talked about some coaching oper- coaching possibilities for the Blazers in the first segment. Now I want to shift gears a little bit, talk about the Blazers uh, six game road trip. The Blazers wrapped it up on Wednesday night by thrashing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, instead of sort of like a game recap in this one, let's just sort of revisit the uh, the road trip as a whole. Um, you know, this was this like, we'll, we'll kind of do it in reverse order. I, 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 st- I circled this Cleveland Cavaliers game because I said, you know, um, end of the road trip, six games, uh, you know, 10 days on the road. It's a long trip. Like this Cleveland game is easy because the Cavs aren't very good, but it is also like uh, it is a challenging game physically and mentally and all those things. Like you want to get back, you want to get done even if you try to tell your body that it's like, you've just been on the road for so long. Um, it's it's, it is certainly um, this long of a road trip at this time of year is challenging. And, but the Blazers did not sort of succumb to the, um, that, uh, that possibility. Instead, they thrashed a bad calves team. This is exactly what you want to see them do. And it kind of wrapped up a, a road trip where they did exactly what you want, what, what you want to see them do? Five and one on this road trip is as good as you could possibly ask for. Um, you know they they lost the second night of a back to back against a good Hawks team, and they didn't they didn't play super well, but it wasn't um, to me that wasn't super deflating. Like I didn't see that game as like a super big deal. I know that there's always going to be people that you know when when the Blazers lose, it feels like they'll never win again, and it's like just sort of carte blanche to freak out about how bad they are. Uh, that's not what I saw on Sunday. I just they just played a they played a good team, and they looked. Um, they were believably tired and they got outplayed sometimes you lose they didn't they didn't really have it they lost um but to bounce back uh, that those monday night i call it sunday but to bounce back and thrash a bad team like this is this is the mark of what good teams do they just take care of business and that's what they did they just took care of business i did not think they would be here if if, if you're a regular listener you know that i kind of thought this this um that this was, this trip was going to be too tough for them that they were, you know, that they weren't going to be able to beat Brooklyn and Boston and they won those games. And that even if they beat Indiana and Memphis to start the trip games, I thought they might win that, you know, they'd probably end up three and three or something like that on this trip or, and, uh, and, and be, you know, just, just not exactly be where you, uh, you know, in like a, not be in in a position to control or have some say in what happens with the end of their season, but that's not what happened. They, they are going to have some say in what happens um, in the end of their season. Like they, they, um, they put themselves in a chance in a position where they can win enough games to leapfrog the Lakers and avoid the playing the round. Uh, neither Lakers or the Mavs play tonight. So the Blazers gain a half game on those two idle teams. They still sit in seventh, but they, it sets up a really huge game Friday Um where they'll play the Lakers, they can win the season series, get the head-to-head tiebreaker, uh, you know, leapfrog them in the standings. Like, they're, th- the Blazers are in a good spot. They're probably not in danger of falling down below seventh. Uh, they're, Four games up on the Warriors and they got the and they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Like that's even if even if things go super south, like the Blazers are looking at seventh or above, uh, which puts them in a nice position. Even the play in game, I mean you only need to win one. Uh if you win the first one, you finish seventh. Like that puts them in a nice spot. But there, um, you know, I, I talked about this on the podcast yesterday. So if you want sort of my extended thoughts and look at the the schedules for Dallas and, and the Lakers, I broke that down on yesterday's podcast, waiting for you in your podcast fees, right before this one. But like the Friday's game is going to be huge. The, you know, a half game back, you leapfrog the Lakers. Doesn't sound like LeBron's going to play. Dave McMiniman of uh, ESPN even intimated today on the jump that LeBron could miss uh, more than just these two games. He could miss Sunday's game and beyond. As the Lakers just say, screw it. We need LeBron healthy for the playoffs. You know, we'll, we will wade through the play-in game if we have to type of thing. Because, you know, getting him out early and getting him hurt... Um, you know, having him a real setback where he'd miss his time, like the season's over anyway. So you might as well just uh, get him as healthy as you possibly can type of thing. So um, I, like I, I really, I really did bury the blazers right here on this podcast. I really did. Um, and I was wrong and they proved me wrong on this road trip. they, they, going five and one on this trip, like I said, is is as good as you can ask for. And it puts them in this position to make a charge. I don't think they're going to be without some luck, without some help from Dallas, um, who on, on Thursday evening plays the Brooklyn Nets, a huge, huge game for Blazer fans. Make sure you're watching that one. Um, you know, if you can't watch it live, make sure you're tuning in at least checking your phone or whatever. Um, huge implications because the that's like the Mavs toughest game remaining on their schedule and then they've got a, real, a chance to maybe win out after that if they really if they really uh put the pedal down so like this 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 road trip I thought was going to bury the Blazers and by that I thought like they're gonna go if they went three and three they just wouldn't be within sort of they wouldn't be able to control this destiny they wouldn't be able to sort of know snatch the Lakers by the collar or whatever metaphor you want and kind of just yank them back behind them like they, they have an opportunity to do that on Friday and I didn't I just thought that they would be you know a couple games behind this and they wouldn't be they would be just stuck in this spot where they were guaranteed to be in the play-in game or maybe worse because uh, you know Memphis has dropped a couple games in a row now and I you know I thought that maybe the the Grizzlies would be hanging around there too and I just I, I really didn't think the Blades would be in this position so I want to I don't like I don't know if mea culpa or whatever but I was wrong like I was was wrong and I want to I want to own that in this space and, and really say, listen, for the, all the Blazers' faults this year, they haven't been able to beat good teams and they've been inconsistent and they've been really bad on defense at times and kind of stagnant and gross on offense and others and and we're, we're maybe likely to still see some of that again as this, the competition heats up, like they'll fall back in some of their uh, bad tendencies, but they're really playing their best basketball right now. And this is what Terry Stott's teams do um, for as maddening as it is, is they just seem to go on a run at the end of the year right when right when things look like they're really getting out of control and they're doing it again this year. So credit to the guys, like credit to the guys for kind of um, getting it all, you know, not letting go of the rope when it looked like they already had. And credit to Terry for keeping guys engaged and focused. Like they, this road trip proves that they're, um, they at least belong in this conversation of one of the, you know, the, there's a clear sort of separation. There's seven good teams in the west and then there's kind of everybody else. Um with apologies to Steph Curry, his team's just not very good. And then the Blazers belong in that sort of seven good teams and everyone else. They're one of the good teams. They're not one of the really good teams, but they belong right there. I mean, they're just they're just in that sort of like lower tier of playoff teams in the west. They're not a, you know, they're better than the play-in teams, although we might find that out when they get there, but like th- this trip proved it. They're playing they're just playing better basketball. Uh Dame looks healthier. Nurk looks consistent and good, and they've kind of they've settled into what they're doing. Carmelo Anthony's playing really well on offense. Like credit to them this this team looks this team just looks this road trip was proof of what they could be, and they they really really got there. They they have approached their ceiling on the year, and now they've put themselves in a position heading into the final stretch of games to maybe claim a spot outside of the playoff round outside of the play in round and, um, and get that much earned rest that they really, really want. So kudos to them for playing well. All right, let's come back in the third segment and talk about fans coming back to the Moda center. It's going to be a really big night for a variety of reasons with Moda center, having fans in attendance for the first time this season, and then moving forward and into the playoffs and credit to letter O with a huge assist on this one. That's what we'll talk about in the third segment. But before we get there, let's talk about betonline.ag. It's just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get the latest news, odds, and info, and all of your sports betting needs, which could include Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, the National Hockey League, or UFC and MMA, and plenty of other stuff. You might have already missed the Kentucky Derby, but you want to get in on the second and third leg of the Triple Crown? It's coming up, and you can can get in on the action at betonline.ag. So make sure you head over there. It's available on your computer. It's available on your mobile device. You can check out all the great, like I said, sporting news. You can sign up for... uh, contests that they have and you can get other sign up bonuses so want to know about one sign up bonus well if you use the promo code locked on at betonline.ag right now you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit that's betonline.ag the promo code is locked on and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline your online sportsbook experts still a pass first point guard Still Mike Richmond, and you're still listening to Locked On Blazers. Talked about the Blazers five and one road trip. We talked about uh, you know, some, some rumored potential coaching candidates that I think are you know legit names to consider. But now I want to talk about some real good news. You know what that real good news is? You dear listener, depending on where you live and whether or not you have Blazer season tickets, have a have a chance to see. You were Portland Trailblazers in person, and you got Damian Lillard in large part to thank for it. Damian Lillard flexed his muscle with the most important assist of the season. Went on Tuesday, middle of the afternoon, sitting in Cleveland, waiting for waiting for today's game. Said, so we got, he tweeted, he didn't say this, he tweeted, so we going to be the only damn team in the whole league with no fans? Within 24 hours, Governor Kate Brown of Oregon had approved the Blazers, who had previously requested to have fans and had their um, had the request rejected by the governor, approved the request to have 10% of fans immediately coming back beginning Friday in their first home game back against the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, Dame isn't the only person who's been on this. Uh, John Canzano of the Oregonian has been all over this. He's been, he has been hammering Kate Brown about... Um, the governor's response to uh, the coronavirus pandemic and, and its relation to sports and high school sports and fans and attendance and all this stuff. Like, he, he, John put it in the news. Uh, like, John made, made all the headlines, made all the stink. Like, he, he um, I, I'm just, I would imagine that Damien Lord literally read a John Kinzato article in the Oregonian or at least a headline or something about uh, John's article um, and, and, and got to tweeting. So, like, it, it isn't all dame. But the movement didn't happen because of, uh, a you know, a radio host and newspaper columnist. The movement happened because the most powerful person in, in Oregon sports said, really, really, we're going to be the only team, uh, you know, d- uh, CJ McCollum retweeted it with a little laughing face and said, "Wonder why we have a better record on the road than at home?" And it's true. It, like uh, every team that has wants every team that wants to have fans in the arena has fans other than the Blazers. The Oklahoma City Thunder announced uh, early in March that they weren't going to have fans in the arena for the rest of the league, or rest of the year rather. So they're just not doing it. Like, but every other team, uh, including the West Coast teams, all the teams in California, have you know figured out a way to have fans in the arena. I don't want to use this space to sort of debate the safetiness or morality of Having fans um, in the arena while there's like still COVID cases in Oregon and blah, 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 blah. Like that's that's for another space. It's not like it's not this. It's not what this podcast is doing. Um, So if you have strong opinions about that in one way or another, um, you you know, you don't need to direct them at me. I'm sure that um, these are well thought out ideas. But uh, like what what I'm excited about, why this moment is important is because Yusuf Nurkic is getting his due. He's getting his moments. And I didn't know if his moment was going to come. When the Blazers take the floor on Friday, for the first time since March of 2019, Yusuf Nurkic will play in front of fans in his home arena. He will get welcomed back, welcomed back by a 10% populated MODA center. Uh, Moto Center holds about nineteen thousand people, a little over you know nineteen seven. So we're talking you know just under two thousand fans in the arena. And I'm happy for Nurk because Nurk deserves it. That's like that. That was the thing that crossed my mind when I heard this news. It was not like hey they did it, hey take that Kate Brown or about time, damn it. Um, that that's the, those things like slowly crossed my mind. But the the first thing I thought of. Was Nurk a guy who loves the fans? He loves, you know, holding his ear up and sh- and doing the matumbo finger and getting the crowd hypes. He loves playing the wrestling heel. He loves it, and he hasn't had his moment. He worked so hard to get back and play in the bubble and in, in environments with no fans. And you know, he he this season had to miss 30 games and then he's, he's worked himself back and he's playing really, really well. Some of the best basketball of his career and the most consistent basketball of his career, he's playing right now and he's getting, he will get his moment Finally, finally, finally on Friday to get introduced in the starting lineup, probably by Mark Mason in his, um, typical, uh, announce it in Bosnian, you know, local dialect, uh, Introduction for Nurk, and two thousand or so fans will get to go wild for Nurk, and I'm happy for him for that because, um, you know, that when that injury happened, I it was you know um, a full arena against the Nets, and I remember just the 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 there was. A lot of people were scared for him. It was a scary injury. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's it's not a thing that you know that you'll get to come back and play at this level. And then he got to come back and worked hard to come back and then he still didn't get it because of the strange timing. You know, he was supposed to come back on a Sunday, the Sunday against, uh, like, a it was going to be a Sunday afternoon game against the, the Houston Rockets. And the season was put on hiatus that Wednesday. Uh, I guess, like, yeah, that Wednesday evening. So... Like he was days away from returning in front of fans and then he had to wait for the bubble and all this. Like he has waited and waited and waited and I am so happy for him. If you are looking for more info about um, tickets and stuff, like I'm I'm not your guy, uh, <laughs> but there is trailblazers.com has uh, sort of the basic info and I will re- relay that to you here. Uh, if you are, I'm going to. Publish this on Wednesday evening, West Coast time. So, uh, if you're listening to this then, look for it Thursday morning. If you're listening to this on Thursday and it's not like six in the morning, um, you're pro- the tickets are probably sold out. So, just ignore this part. And I and I'm I'm sorry that you're not getting it to to it sooner. So, here's the deal: on Thursday morning, uh, May six, tickets will go on sale for all remaining regular season home games. Ticket access will be available on a priority basis. So season ticket holders, if you're a regular season ticket holder, um, I'm sure you know more about this than me, but it's going to go to to season ticket holders first and then what the Blazers are are calling other priority clients will receive an email with more information. So, you know, if... (laughs) If you work for like one of the arena sponsors uh, um, and in some sort of, um, you know, C-level capacity, you'll probably have access to tickets. Uh, there's also going to be some courtside t- court seating at the arena, but it's going to be extremely limited and, and pretty much only available to people who already had courtside seats. Um, basically, th- that's going to be. That's going to be the presale. It's going to be available to uh, those with season tickets and, and courtside people and other, you know, uh, other C-suite people types who um, who uh, are involved with sort of Blazers tickets and Blazers marketing type stuff. But then if any tickets are available at the conclusion of the presale, they'll be made available to the public via trailblazers.com. So I'm willing to wager all these tickets are going to sell out to season's ticket holders and it won't really be available to the public but if this is something that you really want to be involved in you know stay do your best to stay by your phone stay on you know your social medias and make sure you're following the the blazers there and refreshing trailblazers.com and all that stuff like um these are going to be hot tickets y'all like if they opened up the whole damn arena there was going to be um (laughs) It's going to be 20,000 super hot tickets. So um, it doesn't surprise me that uh, it wouldn't surprise me rather that if, if these don't make it to the general public, that's uh, you know, this is, we've all been waiting for this. We have all been waiting to, to get back in there. And um, this is just how they're doing it for now. They haven't announced they're So it's going to be ten ten 10% capacity for uh, the r- remainder of the regular season. They haven't announced a playoff plan or playoff tickets, or if they'll expand it or what that might look like. So we'll just have to cross that bridge when we get there. But for now, 10% capacity, likely not to make it to uh, public consumption. But if you're a if you're a Blazers season ticket holder, um, they're probably going to get a hold of you. And congratulations, you get to go to go see your favorite team and you get to welcome Nurk back. What a joy that's going to be. On tomorrow's show. Uh, the The final show of the week. Henry Abbott of True Hoop, formerly of ES, ESPN's True Hoop and now his own True Hoop, is going to join the show. A, a Blazers fan and someone who's been covering the NBA for for decades and is just um, as good a reporter as there is in in um, in the NBA world, covering stories that you that you didn't know but are truly, truly fascinating. So don't make sure you don't miss that one. Henry's um, Henry's a lot of fun and should be a great guest. That'll be in your feed Friday. Uh, we got more shows coming next week. Uh, Locked on Blazers keeps rolling. Do me a favor, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers; will be there waiting for you. Uh, Apple Podcasts, as I'm recording this, still a little wonky. So uh, if you if you're an Apple user and you and you need some alternatives, there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, Spotify, Audacity, and like uh, the one I use regularly is called Overcast, an independent podcast app that has it, it hasn't been wonky. So check that out if you're having issues. I hate it for, um, I hate, I hate that Apple's, that Apple's jacked up, but the best I can do is tell you, tell you that there's some, there's some free alternatives out there. That's it. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.